Welcome to the Built Different Podcast. I am your host, Will May, team leader and real estate coach at Keller Williams Greater Omaha. And I am super excited uh, for our guest today. Um, I'll do a quick intro, but I've been super fortunate to work with her four years now. Yeah. Coming on in four years. Yeah. Um, you had a beer longer than me. Um, <laughs> yeah. And so um, we're going to hear from the Acreage Queen and somebody that I hold to a high regard when it comes to leadership and building a team and just facing adversity. You know, um, Mackenzie Shelton's on the podcast. So thanks for being here today. Thank you. And thanks for that intro. Yes, of course. So um, I've consistently watched you continue to grow um, with all the nonsense that we see at the market and people and building a team is challenging. And I, you know, you just continue moving forward. It's like the thing that I've always known about you. You'll be there. You'll continue to be building and doing your thing. Yep. Absolutely. So we always start with three questions. So I ask those three questions and we're going to get into literally all topics and you got a, a vitamin D drip to get to. So yes. <laughs> we got to get you there. Um, okay. First question I always ask is if you could write a book today, just, you know, the life you've been through, what mm-hmm. would you write about? Yeah, I think I would write about adversity. Um, I I wouldn't say like m- my life has been super hard as far as like you know uh, at, you know different things, but um, I I consistently want to come out on the other side of things and be better for it. So, yeah, that's yeah. awesome, and I think mm-hmm. that that Matt, that's a perfect topic. So we want to be watching this book come out. All right, sounds good. <laughs> um, you're still writing it. But number two, uh, what is the biggest misconception of being a realtor, whether that's from the agent base, people getting their license or, you know, from the public, from uh, the clients that we serve? Yeah, um, I think from the agent side of things, probably the biggest misconception is that it's easy. Um, and I would say that for the public too. I think sometimes uh, really good agents make the job look easy, which is I, honestly, probably a really good skill to have, yeah. but when you're trying to enter that space or even if you're trying to hire someone, sometimes you kind of go like, what am I really paying them for? Um, and a really good agent is going to lay that all out for you and kind of show you, you know, like w- what does it really take to get the job done? Yeah. It, it's cool because you got to be able to um, explain the value yeah. side of it, right? And I think a lot of agents actually do a really good job, but they have a poor um, skill set when it comes to explaining this is what I do and why. Yes, right, exactly. Um, and then we get the perception of this, oh, this is easy. They don't do anything at all and they just get a big check and they yeah. open one door and we're good. Yeah, exactly. Um, all right. And then um, I always like to go over just market conditions. So we're early in um, 2024 here. Mm-hmm. What are you kind of seeing? Obviously, how long you been selling for? Uh, so this is my 10th year, um, later this year, it'll be exactly 10 years. And I've been at Keller Williams for nine of those years. So, uh, yeah, uh, I've been around for a little while now. You sold a couple houses. Yeah. yeah. Yes, exactly. All right, so what are you kind of seeing as we start this year? Um, super common January for you. You've seen some different things in the market. Yeah. Uh, it's, you want to know what, I think, uh, the beginning of this year is kind of mirroring, mirroring what happened last year. Um, so it was like January 1st, all of a sudden the floodgates kind of opened. They lowered rates a little bit right before, uh, the holidays. And then they kind of lowered them again a little bit more. So, uh, everybody who's been kind of just sitting, waiting in the wings for the rates to kind of drop a little bit, all of those buyers are kind of coming into the market and we don't really have the inventory to match the buyer demand still. Um, we're going on practically like year four here of um, low mm-hmm. to you know moderate inventory. Uh, and kind of with that being said, like uh, I think what sets 
myself and my team apart maybe from other agents in the market is we've been talking to all of those people for the last two or three years um, and staying in contact with them. So those buyers are completely aware of what it takes to actually buy a house in this market and why they should buy one now instead of waiting until the summer. Yeah. So I mean, that's so important, right? Like yeah. um, we talk about this here quite a bit, but the, the folks that are serious and like smart in this market are getting ahead of that rush that's coming in spring. Yep. What would you tell your, your sellers that are there? Like, yep, spring market's always when you want to sell this, that, and the other, but is there a benefit to getting on the market a little bit early? Yeah, absolutely. And how do you, and how do you explain that the right way? I, th I think the easiest and maybe like simplest way to explain it is um, if you if you think about putting your house on the market or the spring or the summer, everyone else is thinking that too. So you have more serious buyers who are looking in the winter time versus potentially people that are looking in spring and summer. Um, so you may have a smaller buyer pool, but they're, they're real legitimate buyers. They are actively looking to buy a house and you don't have maybe the local competition either in the neighborhood or the small town that you're in um, because everyone else is going to be putting their house on the market in the summer. And if we kind of end up with an influx, then maybe your house doesn't get looked at compared to someone else's, so. Yeah, and it's such a good way to educate them on, hey, if you're really truly looking to get top dollar, this could be an opportunity just a little early, move it up just a little bit. Yes, absolutely. Um, okay, cool, so tell me, 10 years in the business. Yeah. Give me a quick backstory in terms of like, how did a number one, you become the acreage queen. <laughs> number two, how the heck did you build this team that you got going right now? And like, sure. where'd you find success throughout the journey? Yeah. Uh, it's been kind of a windy road, uh, to get to where I am now. Windy, bumpy, ups, downs, yeah, all things. Yeah. All of the things. Uh, when I first started in real estate, I was actually working in property management and, uh, my, my husband was actually the one that encouraged me to get my real estate license. I was actually going back to school for nursing. And he was like, why are you doing this? Like, just go get your real estate license. You work for a real estate office. And I was like, I don't want to do what they do. It sounds awful. <laughs> <laughs> and um, ten years later. yeah, and 10 years later, here I am. Uh, but where it kind of led me from there was um, ending up at KW, being a solo agent for a few years, um, actually joining a team. And uh, I think that experience was really good for me for a couple of reasons. Um, and it, really like what it boils down to is I learned a lot of like what I did and did not want in a team. And then also kind of like, what did I really want to do if I wanted to grow a team? Uh, and so I think it was a really good learning lesson for yeah. me and has just always kind of been in the back of my mind, like, as I have built my team over the last five years. So. Yeah, and almost like trial and error, right? Like, I've, okay, this worked, this didn't work. Yeah. And continuing to try new things. Yes. Um, so production-wise, give me, uh, did you just start out and, oops, I'm great at this. Like, <laughs> no, definitely not. Um, my, my very first full year in the business, I sold eight houses. Now my goal was four. Hey. So I was like, woo. Doubled it. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> it was great. Um, and then I kind of uh, it had a good next good year, had a kid the following year, so it wasn't a super great year. And then I really, the next like three years, uh, almost doubled my business every single year. And um, then got to the point where I wanted to have another kid and was kind of going through a transition on our team. So I really kind of backed down on production. But now I'm in this really good place where like I've I kind of feel like I found my magical number mm -hmm. that allows me to 
run my team, to help the agents the way that they need to be helped, um, and also to keep myself in production. Um, ultimately, the goal, though, is for me to be able to step out of production and um, allow the agents to really shine and flourish. That's so, awesome. Yeah. And you're well on your way to that, right? Fingers crossed. <laughs> so um, are you self-proclaimed acreage queen? Um, or is that something that like uh, just was bestowed upon you? How did this, how did this come to be? Uh, yeah, I dubbed myself the acreage queen. I love it. Um, so my husband and I bought an acreage in 2017. And then that following, well, it wasn't even quite like six months later, um, I sold my very first acreage in, in that area and uh, was like, I, I, I had always been promoting myself on specifically at that time, Facebook. Mm -hmm. And so I was like, I'm just going to do a hashtag acreage queen, like at the end of this, because I knew that that was really like, I, if I was going to specialize in anything, that's what I wanted to specialize in. I love selling land acreages, being kind of out in the country, driving gravel roads, like all that. That's where like the joy of the business comes for me. Love it. So I just was like, I'm just going to do this. And then basically over the next like, well, it's been six years at this point, um, people have just kind of come to know me as that. Yeah. Uh, and And now I get agent referrals, client referrals, you know, friends and family referrals, people in my town apparently know me as the acreage <laughs> queen. So, um, yeah, it's just kind of growing on me. So. No, I, I love it. And so when you, I mean, you not, I see this all the time, agent referrals coming to you, you actually teach them how to do what you do, yeah. selling an acreage. So, yeah. um, if somebody does have an acreage that they're unsure about how to price it and do different things, I know you're always there to lend a hand yes. and, or like, Hey, let's do this one together and yeah. I'll teach you the process of what to look for. Yes, absolutely. And I, and I, it, it really is a passion for me. So like, I like teaching classes on it. Like, yeah, absolutely. I will talk to anyone and everyone about acreage sales. So, so dub yourself whatever <laughs> you want and go run with it until yes. it starts to become real. Right. Exactly. Um, Fake it till you make it. <laughs> <laughs> if you, if you were to look at, um, kind of like specializing in a certain area. Mm -hmm. Did that take away from the other parts of your business? Like, okay, I'm an agent and I want to focus on this specific neighborhood and be known as this, you know, neighborhood mm -hmm. realtor, whatever it is. By specializing like that, did you lose business? No, definitely not. Uh, I will occasionally have somebody reach out to me and be like, hey, I just want to buy a regular residential <laughs> house. You know, like, will you help me? You know, um, and, and I'm like, yes, of course, like not all of my sales are acreage related. Um, I would definitely like to pare down to that where that's really all I'm helping people with. And then my team can kind of take over the rest. But no, we we service anyone and everyone, um, Omaha, Lincoln and Southwest Iowa. All We have sold houses all the way from $8,000 all the way up to a million. So, um, you know, we're we do not discriminate. <laughs> no, I love it. Um, so let's, let's uh, switch the topic a little bit to go into team. Yeah. Um, so for all the team leaders out there that have agents on their team, some with, you know, 50, some with one, two. Yeah. Um, what's the difference? And I'll go into how you built this and what you do really well. But do you see a difference in running a team now versus two years ago, three years ago uh, at all? Or what's, what's the difference now for a leader? Yeah. Uh, I think agents have kind of figured out that, just getting thrown a bunch of leads is not going to lead to a successful, long-term, sustainable business. Mm -hmm. 
And I think that's what I hear from either agents who have joined my team or agents that I've just talked to in the community that have been on teams is like, yeah, the leads are great, but like, I, I, I'm not getting the help that I need. I don't know how to like go build this and not just be chasing Zillow leads all day. Mm -hmm. So, yeah. So this having a little bit more than leads, right? Yeah. So turning an ROI. And I talk about this in past episodes too. You have personality-based teams, which are mentorship yeah. and you have lead-based teams. And what happens in both those types of teams is um, your your high performers are going to outgrow it. Mm -hmm. They're going to say, A, number one, I don't need the knowledge or the, I don't have the questions to ask anymore because I've sold enough homes or yeah. I'll buy my own leads yeah. and build <laughs> yeah. this off this, right? Yeah. So um, what we focus on, you focus on very well over the past four years is building systems and values and operations in your in your team. What does that look like for you guys in terms of a value proposition to an agent maybe joining your team? Yeah. Uh, so we actually, when, when I am meeting with an agent who's maybe considering joining our team, I literally have like a whole packet of, um, basically our, all the things that we will help them with on the team. So just to name a few, um, we do weekly coaching. Um, I basically have a whole first 90 day systems and procedures for how they can actually get their own business from their own database. And that's what I, I believe in what I've learned over the past 10 years is really what builds a sustainable business. Um, just for instance, I am working on training a new agent right now. And I just started simply with being like, you need to, he has a thousand friends on Facebook. You need to go through and talk to every single one of those people. It doesn't matter if they answer you or not. Like you need to get in front of all of those people. And now he's got a pipeline of awesome. people that are potentially looking to make a move this year. And he really didn't have to like go get super. I mean, yes, it's uncomfortable to maybe talk to people that you haven't talked to in five, six years, yeah. you know, but there's ways around that. And um, he doesn't have to then go cold call all day, mm -hmm. right? Or he doesn't have to go meet a stranger at uh, a house that he found, you know, on Zillow. So, um, yeah. So you're literally teaching them what you do. You're teaching yeah. them the business. Yes, 100%. Uh, I, I have found that when you teach people how to go do it themselves, it really kind of is invaluable. And I believe that's why people have chose to stay on my team because I like I've basically kind of lifted them up from nothing um, to give them a truly sustainable business that they they now are not having to work so hard to get. It's really hard those first couple of years. Yeah. But like now we're in a good rhythm on. And, and and if you figure out a systematic way to communicate with your database and pull deals from that. Yeah. It, that goes on forever, right? Yes. And, and I think yes. some people, some team leaders, if you have more of a scarcity mindset, might think, hey, if, if we're gonna teach them the entire business, what if they leave? <laughs> Do you have a fear of that? Do you worry about that at all? No, I, I, I am a firm believer that I just need to keep growing so that people want to stay. Um, and a lot of that comes down to asking my team members what are their personal professional like what what are their even their day-to-day -day goals and if i know all of that then i can keep growing with them yeah um and on top of that like um when you teach somebody that like this didn't get built overnight no right so it's not that you're like good good go ahead leave it's all good yeah it takes work and time and effort you may know what to do but you got to build a whole bunch of stuff and that compounds over time yeah on top of building a culture that um, you have cultures that are fun-loving, excited, and we're going to laugh, and, and, those, and yeah. it's great, right? But mm -hmm. to have a, uh, 
um, a culture that's based on productivity winning, right? Yes. That's a completely holding each other accountable. That's a completely different type of team. Yes. How have you built that in your team? Because you guys have standards. Mm -hmm. um, everybody on your team produces that. Yep. It, I know if I have somebody come in and they need to go somewhere and produce, I'm shining to Mackenzie. <laughs> oh, well, thank you. <laughs> they'll be good, right? So yeah. you have a reputation there that you've built of, um, if you come on my team, we're going to hold you accountable, you're going to succeed. Yeah. How did you do that without losing people? I, I mean, to be honest, I lost people that didn't want to be held accountable, right? Yeah. So uh, not everybody wants that accountability. Not everyone wants to, not everybody just sees the same vision that you do. But I have chosen to surround myself with people and um, be more strategic over time about who exactly I am hiring so that they are a person that fits into the overall vision of the team. And when, when I say like, I'm going to show you exactly what to do in order to get into production and get into production consistently month after month after month, when I then like when they actually do that because they plugged into our systems, it's hard to like be like, oh, well now I'm going to leave because they see the value. Yes. So, that's yeah. spot on. Um, what are those things you're teaching them? Right. Yeah. Um, Lay the, lay the playbook out in terms of like, how is somebody going to get productive on a team, on your team? Yeah. And what are you guys focusing on? Sure. Uh, so we follow something uh, that Keller Williams developed called the DTD2. So <clears throat> it's just simply a schedule of people that you talk to every week and every month. Um, honestly, a lot of times they're just either going through their phone, going through their Facebook messages and or um, their you know, command database, for example, um, and calling through those people. Simple conversations, just like, hey, how's it going? What's new with you? And then a few times a year, they're asking them, hey, do you know anybody looking to make a move this year, right? Love it. We're, we're building those deep connections with people so that they understand that we really do care about them as a person. And also, we want your business. So. What do you say to the agents that are like, I don't want to sound salesy? Yeah. Um, I mean, I've just kind of developed over time a way to... Uh, seem somewhat passive and and not like kind of in your face confrontational but also still being direct with them and asking for the business so yeah. i think there's i think there's like a delicate balance between those two yep and, and what you learn is you're the one creating the story yes right yes. um if you if you come to them as a business professional and you and just address it right yeah. hey um i do sell real estate for a living yeah. so <laughs> Oh, it's not no secret. Yes. Um, I sell real estate for a living. Is it okay if I just touch base with you on if you know of anybody looking to buy or sell? Yeah. And I think naturally people that care about you want to be helpful. Um, and so it's, again, just natural. It, even if you're saying like, hey, I would just really love your help. If you think of someone, please reach out to me. Right? Like yeah. it's people just naturally do want to help you if they care about you. And if you're a good person. Right? Yes. That shows through all the time. Yes. Um, all right. So you wanted to start a team. You were on a team. You're like, yo, I could do this better. And then you wanted to start your own team. And it was just super simple. Everybody came clamoring to the door. I was like, hey, you know what? We should do this. And now you built this, right? Yeah. How'd no, that kind of go? No, not at all. <laughs> um, the first couple of years were pretty rocky. Uh, I, I think a lot of it is just... Um, we, I had a business partner and we kind of did things a little backwards. I should have started with being a solo agent and hiring an assistant. And if anyone is listening to this, like, please start with just hiring an assistant. Um, you can do a lot more production just simply by hiring someone to help with 
all of the other stuff that encompasses our business. And then kind of from there, um, it was a lot of trial and error um, and figuring out what works, what doesn't work. Yeah. And, and developing those systems and procedures uh, to really get to the point where we are now. And I think the biggest thing for me a couple years ago was a lot of self-reflection on like, do I really want to keep doing this? Do you know, I mean, honestly, that was a question a few times. Like, do I want to just scrap this whole thing? Is it not working? Or do I want to figure out how to make it work? And ultimately, like the answer for me was no, I need to figure out how to make this work. And also some self-reflection on like, who am I surrounding myself with? And, and like, who do I really want on this team? And like, I almost kind of wrote down like a list of like qualities that someone would have on our team. Um, and naturally like those people have just kind of like flocked to me now. So yeah. it's really good. Yeah, and, and you attract who you are and you're very clear yeah. on the things that you want. And you had, um, and we're gonna go into details on this. We, we, you had a falling out with a business partner yeah. that you led yeah. the team with. Mm -hmm. And that's probably about the time where you decided, I wanna keep doing this. Yes. <laughs> right? Yeah, um, I had a brand new baby, <laughs> like all the things, yeah. Um, so at that point moving forward, what changed? And then um, I'm sure there was some, you know, anytime there's a change in leadership, you know, there, there can be a little bit of a struggle to mm -hmm. reestablish vision. Yeah. What did you do, do during those times besides write out what kind of people you want yeah. um, to get yourself through that time? So uh, the most kind of monumental thing that I did at that time was I actually used a, uh, they're kind of like a recruiting headhunter company to hire my next assistant. And um, they they follow, a, the, those people that created that business are also former KW agents. Um, and so they kind of knew what I really needed to look for mm -hmm. in a partner. Um, and so that's why, like when I made that hire, everything kind of changed moving forward um, because that person really needs to be kind of like my right-hand person. And so then we were just able to like really gel and meld. And that person is actually not even a assistant anymore. She is actually an agent on the team. And like, again, I use that same company to hire the next person and it's just been beautifully seamless. What so. is that company? Uh, Soprani Consulting. All right, perfect. And so um, that shows, that speaks, you know, volumes to your leadership, right? Yeah. Saw the back end of everything you're doing on the operation side and wanted to become an agent. You're probably very aware of that from the start. Yeah. And then we're able to, to filter her back onto the team and find success there. Yep. Um, talk to the agents that maybe want to hire an assistant. Maybe they're like, I don't ever want a team, but I do need an admin or assistant, whatever you want to call your first hire. Yeah. Um, and then the first question I always ask is, well, what are they going to do? Right? <laughs> they do all the things. And yeah. we see all these like broad understanding of like, well, here's what happened. Does they do everything? Obviously. Mm, right. What is right. everything? I, I think the one thing that I would maybe advise people on is like when you do go to hire that person, um, you don't have to have everything figured out as far as your systems and procedures. But if you want to really set them up for success, like I would have some of your processes written down so that they can then go and either improve them or modify them or, you know, however it needs to be kind of done. Um, that was the one thing that I think I did right before I hired Courtney was actually having some systems and processes in place so that she could then kind of run with everything and just make it better. Yeah. Um, so if you're a solo agent and you want to hire an assistant, just go write down everything that you do from start to finish and, and even reflect on like, is this really how I want to do it? Or is this just how I've been doing it? Yeah. And then 
it will make that transition much easier to hire that person. Yeah. But, okay. And put yourself back to solo agent mode. Yeah. It's been a long time. I know. <laughs> put yourself back to solo agent mode and, and like, what are some things you would have written down? Give me like three or four, even if it's small detail things. Yeah. I think when an agent thinks of this, they're like, what are the big things I get off my off my plate. Yeah. And, and they're looking, they're, it's too hard. They're trying too hard in order of like trying to find bigger things. What are some small things you would have written down? Yeah. Um, I would have started with writing down like, when do I want a house to go on the market every week? Because as a solo agent, you can be like, yeah, sure. Monday. Yeah, sure. Friday. Like, I don't care what day seller you can pick what day we go on the market. But as your team grows, it's really important that your assistant kind of has a schedule every single day and that she's not kind of thrown for a loop. Um, he or she is not kind of thrown for a loop as far as like, what are we really doing this day? So um, I would say that would probably be the first thing is like, what day do I want houses to go on the market, sure. right? Um, I would have a whole process in place for like what happens from start to finish when we get something under contract. If you just simply started with those two things, mm -hmm. you're, you're you're setting them up to be able to help you with all the other systems. Okay. So, yeah. um, and when does that first person take TC off your plate or did you still have a transaction coordinator in place and an admin? No, they, yeah, no, um, our, our assistants have always done our transactions as well. Um, cool. and I honestly, uh, if we continue growing uh, the way that I am expecting us to this year and next year, uh, we will be having to make a second hire and it will most likely be someone just dealing with transactions, but awesome. um, we're not quite there yet. So. Bring it in house, right? So yes. your admin now, are they, and you don't have to say exact numbers, is it, yeah. is it just salary, salary plus a bonus on deals? What, how's yep. that looking? Yep, so she is salary, um, plus she gets a $25 bonus on each transaction that she helps the team close. And then if we hit a certain GCI every year, at the end of the year, she gets another bonus. Awesome. Yeah. Um, and for your teammates, do they have any incentives and bonuses that you do with them or... I don't know. I, yeah. I, guess I didn't know. Yep. I don't know if you guys do that or not. Yeah. So um, we so we needed to get to a point where um, this this last year was the first year that we were truly profitable. Um, before it was kind of a little hit or miss. Mm -hmm. um, and this last year was basically kind of like I was like, okay, guys, if we can consistently do this in 2024, um, I will be taking everyone to. Uh, uh, mega camp. Love it. Um, so that's kind of their bonus. Um, I'll be paying for pretty much everything for that. So yeah. how yeah. many, how many deals did you guys do last year? We did 102 deals. 102. Yep. Awesome. Mm -hmm. yep. Um, and that was your kind of, like you said, your first year of stepping back into profitability yes. and your, really your first year of really kind of like having everything in place for yes. a calendar year, right? Yes, for sure. Um, is there any, as you go into this next market, we see, we've seen decrease in units. Is there any big chunks or big expenses you'd have, you know, team leaders and agents kind of cutting out right now. You looked at that in terms of your expense um, reports and stuff. Yeah. So um, our plan is to actually cut back quite a bit on realtor.com leads. To be honest, we don't pay that much money for realtor.com leads compared to maybe some other teams. Yeah. But um, for us, um, when I really looked at our numbers now, again, we closed 102 transactions. Uh, like over 90% of those were our sphere or sphere referrals, agent referrals. So it just is kind of not, uh, I would rather honestly 
still have that money there, but just allocate it elsewhere so that we can keep loving on our databases. Yeah, that makes total sense. Yeah. So you've had a coach um, for many years now. Yeah. Uh, what, what impact has a coach done for you in, in, in your business production and, and leading a team? Yeah, so um, the first coach that I had, she was really awesome at like helping me really zero in on my production and like getting super, super consistent with that. Uh, unfortunately, I kind of outgrew her because uh, it, it was kind of getting to a point where we needed to really kind of start talking more about the team and like how to keep building that. And it just wasn't kind of happening the way that I needed it to happen. Yep. Um, so I actually found a coach. Um, I have been coaching with her for a year and a half now, and she is amazing. Um, I'll, I'll just say her name. Her name is Becky Colburn. Uh, she was a KW agent in the Vermont area, um, had a team actually with a business partner for several, several years, sold um, her portion of the business to her business partner, and actually was your role uh, down in Florida for a while. Um, and now has um, just, she's doing a lot of coaching, and I think she is in production still and stuff, but she is amazing. Um, she really kind of coaches to the whole person, and I feel like I've just, that's what I was kind of doing with my agents, trying to coach to the whole person, but I wasn't kind of getting that from my previous coach. Yep. And so um, it it has been absolutely life-changing to work with her because she's not only helping me um, build out the team and look, you know, five years ahead, what's this really going to look like and stuff. But on top of that, she's also helping me with a lot of my personal goals and um, my husband's personal goals. And so, yeah, it's amazing. I love it. And yeah. like, and there's so many great coaches out there. So, yes. you know, production strategy, vision, um, mindset, yes, wealth, all those different things. So, um, if we could advise anybody, hire a coach, right? And yes. especially running a team. Yes. When you're going through the structure of what a coaching call looks like with your coach, how easy is that to transfer right back down to your, yes. to your team? Exactly. Like where you're growing um, is where your team's going, right? And yes. where you're focusing is where your team's going to be focusing. So yes. what makes a great leader? That's a good question. Uh, I, I think a leader needs to shut up and listen. Mm. Um, I have had to learn that the hard way. I, I always wanted to like give people advice. Like I'd be like, no, I know exactly what you need to do. But sometimes you just need to be quiet and let them kind of work it out themselves because they usually do. I love it. That's such a good answer. Um, all right. Well, I know how busy you are. <laughs> we, we got some vitamin D to get to. Yes. <laughs> um, I appreciate taking the time. Thank I'm you. excited for what you're going to be building moving forward and continue and take market share. You're absolutely crushing it. I appreciate it. Thank you. All right. Well, thanks for watching. We'll see you next week. Yeah.